All right, guys, before we get started, we got to do the normal business shit. Hit like and subscribe. Leave a review on Apple iTunes. Tell your friends about us because it's Halloween and they deserve some Launchpad podcast in their life. Hit us up on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. A couple of big shout outs. Thanks to everybody who's been responding to our 12 nights of Halloween. I mean, I got to give a big shout out to Osborne to be a samurai who shared his own list. He had some awesome movies on there. I was really excited to check out. I've never seen Grabbers, man. Have you seen Grabbers? I have not. And it's been on, it's one of those movies that's been in the shitty movie vote for years and just hasn't made it yet because it's probably too good for shitty movie, but who knows? Um, he also has Twitch of the Death Nerve on there, aka Bill Blood, which is one of our personal favorites. Super fun Italian horror movie. We talked about that on our Italian horror podcast, Crosscast with the Test Pattern Podcast people. Big shout out to Autumn's Ghost, uh, the Curtises, Andy and Melissa. Guys, thanks for sharing your thoughts on our 12 nights of Halloween list. Sorry you didn't like Midsummer. I haven't seen it yet. And big shout out to everybody who hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. Matt, you got some shout out too. Who who hit us up on Facebook? Yeah, Jeremy Baumiller. If I'm butchering your name, I apologize. But uh, he wrote us. And again, he's another dude that sent us his own list. And uh, it's cool. And I, you know, I, I love that everyone's getting into it. And I love that everyone, you know, we have a community of friends and people who we know, people who have listened to us. And we are all part of the same, you know, nerd ass army. And we like to do this shit. I love to see Jeremy said he does this every year. He's been doing it for years and years where he does the 31 Days of Horror. So it's really cool that, you know, this isn't our idea. It's a thing that people have been doing for a while. It's really cool to see what's on their lists <laughs> and also, uh, you know, borrow a couple of ideas from their list. Be like, oh, I got to check that out. Exactly. Well, it's funny because like the 31 Day, I know people do the 31 Days of Halloween or the Hooptober or whatever, but like for me, it's like man, I'm busy, so I'm going to do the lazy man's version of that and do just do 12 just do 12 movies instead of 31. Yeah. I'll do categories. <laughs> that seems easier. Yeah, well but the thing was, it's like when you're doing 31 like you have to exhaust your library every year. I don't know how many good horror movies there are. I feel like by the end of 31 days, I'd be at the bottom of the barrel pretty quickly. I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I think that's true. But if you do 12 and you have categories instead of like some sort of unidentified, you know, just whatever I feel like that gives you a little more strategy to like okay I'm, I'm making sure I've seen a little bit of everything but enough of that guys we're going to dive into today's episode a little bit of what have you been watching here on the Launchpad podcast ignition sequence start six five Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, it's super good to be in the interspace with you again, man. I love recording with you. I'm so glad we get to do it again. We've had some great responses to our 12 nights of Halloween, and I've been watching a shit ton of movies, so I think we need to do a little What Have You Been Watching? What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. You know, we've got, we got, I know, I think we've, we've all in the same boat here for October where we have a lot of stuff we are watching, a lot of stuff we're meaning to watch. So let's do some stuff. And I got a, I got a, I actually got a, what have you been reading for you as well? Ooh, nice. So let's well, start rooms. What do you, what have you been watching? What's in the, the old VCR there? So I've been working on, you know, cracking down my 12 nights of Halloween. We did a vampire movie, uh, watch the Lost Boys, which I had seen, I've seen many times, but my wife had never seen it. So we watched it. And it's always interesting to watch a movie with my wife because she has like a different perspective that sometimes I don't see and right off the bat like about 40 minutes into this movie she's like they use each other's first names a shit ton in this movie specifically the older brother if you guys don't know it's about a 
Corey Haim and his older brother moved to some California surf shithole and uh, <laughs> vampires are there and his older brother starts turning into a vampire and his older brother's name is Michael and they use his name a lot. The oh, entire yeah, yeah. movie, it's like Michael, 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 nonstop. Like there's parts where just all you hear is people whispering his name. They're like, Michael, Michael, Michael. You're like, oh my God, I get it. I get it. But like, I don't even use your name that much. I'm like, Rumi or like, what's up? Man? But then <laughs> yeah. after that, I'm like, dude. Oh yeah. And like, you know who I'm talking to. Everyone uses their first names in that movie constantly. They're like, Michael, David, Michael, Michael. You're like, Jesus Christ, guys, stop it. What do you think about this movie, Matt? Are you a fan? Well, first I want somebody out there to please make a Michael, Michael supercut from the Lost Boys of all the Michaels together. We could see how many. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I'm a huge fan of this movie. This is a movie, I don't remember the first time I saw it specifically, but I think I found it. Right. Like, I think it was on uh-huh. TV and I was like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's got that creepy guy from Stand By Me in it. Oh, and he plays a, uh, you know, a bad teenage vampire. It's a cool movie. It's one of those things like Salem's Lot, the book, not necessarily the movies, that contemporizes the vampire legend and also makes it for a younger crowd, right? It's the first, really, if you think about it, it's one of the first, if not the first vampire story that was made for the crowd that it would be watching and reading it, right? Because most horror movies, I think the demographic are going to be teenage boys, right? Yeah. This is the first one where you're, you're both your, your pro and antagonists are young, bo- you know, young boys, which I think is kind of cool. It's kind of an interesting take on it. I agree. That's an interesting point. This movie is like tragically eighties, but it's aged so well. <laughs> like, Oh my, I mean like just, I'm sure you've seen the meme of the sexy sax man, just like gyrating his hips while he's playing the sax, like a motherfucker. That scene is so ridiculous when you're watching it. And out of context, you're like, no, this is over the top. This is like a parody of the eighties. And you're like, actually, I think it's almost exactly what I, I don't, I like, is it how true to it is in to life? Is it, is it like a documentary? Is this what it looked like back then? Or is this like an over the top version of the eighties? What do you think? Where does it take place in Venice or somewhere near Venice? It's, it's North. It's, it's more Northern. It's like a fake town. Then it's, it's exactly how it's supposed to be. That's right. That's a documentary <laughs> of the vampire scene on the boardwalk back in the day. Hysterical. Um, so, so as the story goes, the, the older brother like falls in line. He sees a girl. He's like, Oh, she's super hot. And he goes and follows her and he goes and starts <laughs> hanging out with these vamp, her vampire biker buddies. And they start turning him into a vampire little by little. And the funniest, the first thing that happens is like, he starts wearing sunglasses and his hair gets more mullety. Like as they get like all the vampire bikers, like what's his name? Bill from Bill and Ted is in it. And he's got a severe mullet going on, like, like a level 10 class mullet happening. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That starts happening, and he starts staying out late, and he's trying to hook up with this vampire chick. It's super weird. Now, do, like, do you remember like the first time they make him drink blood? In, was it in the when they're in their little their little cave? Yeah, they're in like when a subterranean. He's like, also eating rice, but it's really maggots, but it's really rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start tricking. They start fucking with his head with like illusions, and he's like, "Hey, want some Chinese takeout?" He's like, "Okay." And he's like chewing on it, and he's like, "How are those maggots, Michael?" He's like, "What, Michael? They're maggots, Michael. Look, Michael, you're maggots. eating ma- you're eating maggots." You're eating Michael's maggot. And so he looks down and there's like, it's like a Chinese carryout box full of maggots. And he's like, Bleh, and then spills it on the ground and it's rice. And they're all laughing. And they're like, here, drink this. It's blood. And he's like, yeah, right. And then his girlfriend's like, you don't have to. It's blood. And he's like, whatever. Takes a drink and he's like, it's blood. And they're like, no, duh. They just told you that, you dumbass. <laughs> 
So he starts turning into a vampire and freaking out, and like almost killing his brother and his mom's dating a creepy dude. But like, so so what this is, is I think it's an allegory for like an, a sibling becoming adri- addicted to drugs. Okay, I could see that. Because he keeps getting worse and worse and the little brother's like really upset about it. And I, I really see a lot of parallels to, you know, a drug addiction story. But I think this is really common with horror movies where you have a problem that's based in reality and then it becomes the allegory for the monster. But the benefit of a horror horror movie is instead of solving the problem you get to just kill the monster right (laughs) (laughs) like he doesn't have to go to rehab you just have to kill the head vampire like wouldn't that be great if you just had to kill the head drug pusher yeah you killed like the dealer and then everybody else is like no longer addicted (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so sad and not funny but it's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they then they like set up this thing where they have to kill the head vampire with the frog brothers which these are pretty fun characters right what do you think about the these frog brothers are, i was trying to think of a like something to even liken them to but if there was ever something in a movie that begged for a spin-off it was the frog brothers i would watch yeah. a frog brothers netflix series i would watch a tv show i would watch a whole nother movie about the frog brothers the frog brothers well, if you guys haven't seen it it's Corey feldman and some other dude who i don't know if he's ever been in anything else before or after but they are they work at a comic book store, right? Yeah. That's how they that's where it introduced. They're working at this comic book store and they start grilling Corey Haim about whether or not he knows about all the vampires in the area. And they're self-proclaimed vampire killers. And they're uber serious about it. They're not necessarily great at it. You have no idea if they're just kids being idiots or if they've actually done this before, but they act <laughs> like they have. And then they help Corey yeah. Haim, you know, try to attack the vampires later. But they're like super, like almost past the line of tongue in cheek overboard with this mission and how they have to kill vampires. Oh, it's so fucking cool. But let me ask you this, Rumi. You really want to see a Frog Brothers movie? Yeah. How bad do you want to see a Frog Brothers movie? Well, this is leading to something, I'm sure, so I'll say very bad. All right. Well, in 2010, a movie directed by Dario Piana came out called Lost Boys The Thirst that starred Corey Feldman and the other guy who was the Frog Brother that you saw him in the blob because he was the creepy dude who got eat, who like tried to date rape that chick and got s- sucked up by the blob. That's who that other player was. But uh, Those are his they, two, two moments of fame right there. Yeah. Jameson Newlander is his name. So, uh, yeah, in 2010, Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander reprised their roles in a movie called The Lost Boys The Thirst. And it was a direct to video shocker. Um, so, like, I don't know how, like, you're going to need to watch this movie now and you tell me how bad you wanted that fucking I'm going to add Boys that to movie. my 12 Halloween list movies for this month. Um, right now, you're going to do it? If I can find it. If if it's not uh if it's not buried somewhere it doesn't cost ten dollars to, to rent it or buy it <laughs> if it doesn't cost ten dollars it has a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDB which to be fair most of the movies I enjoy aren't much higher than that <laughs> I guess that's true I was like 5.1 that's like 51 percent then I was like oh yeah that's true but when you look at the movies that I watch <laughs> I have not seen the thirst so it'd be interesting because I was thinking the same thing I was like damn why didn't we get more frog brothers and then I saw the trailer for this and I was like oh that's why but doesn't mean it could be a fun time, right? But maybe it's just the maybe the filmmakers just didn't do a good job with it. But the Frog Brother, the Frog Brothers is a is a entity or entities that is ripe for awesome shit, right? I mean, how fucking right. cool! It's two teenage 
teenage dudes who know a lot about the vampires in their area and are ready to throw down. It's fucking awesome. It's a cool idea. Well, and they're like all paramilitary. Like they're always wearing like camo and vests and they're all armied out. Yeah, yeah. For sure, they are people that we would hang out with, right? Like absolutely. They're people that like if you were walking down the boardwalk and went into the comic book store, you'd have like a, a monster off to see who knows more about monsters and you're immediately like, let's go hang out tonight. No, I actually disagree. Yes, we would hang out with them, but they're the pe- be the people that I wouldn't want to hang out with. They're the ones who would always show up and you'd be like, dude, can we ditch these dudes? They're really, really intense and weird. <laughs> They got this like vibe to me that's just like, yeah, they would know a shit ton about monsters, but then when you're not talking about monsters, they're like, hey, do you want to help me build pipe bombs to fight the government later when they overthrow us? And you're like, no, no, I'm okay with that. Wait, the vampire you know, like, government? <laughs> yeah. No, the lizard people government. Like, I feel like they would always just be so lost in their own conspiracy theories to the point that so you're like- lost boys? I don't think they'd be able to have any fun. I think everything would just be a conspiracy theory to you. Do you say that, but I'm pretty sure that if that if this is a real thing, me and them would be trying to ditch you to go try to cleanse the town of fucking monsters. Here's the deal. If I called you up and I was like, hey dude, come come kill a clown in the hometown I grew up in, how fast would you be on a plane? Immediately. Like, I, I would be booking my flight before I hung up the phone. If the Frog Brothers called me and they are like, hey, come kill a, t- a clown in our hometown, I'd have a couple <laughs> questions for I'd be like, are you sure he's a clown or is he just a creepy guy who works at the video store, guys? Because come on, the last time you had this problem, we killed an innocent man who worked at Wendy's. Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't know them (laughs) and I know you, but really right right now I'm going to be honest. I'm in my late 30s. I just had a son. I'm kind of at the point in my life that if anybody were to say, hey, let's kill monsters, I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) I would right away be like, okay. I mean, I would ask more right. details. I wouldn't just be like, let's kill them. I, would, I wouldn't take it on their word that the monsters were a monster. We'd have to do some recon. But if it was pretty pretty probably monsters, all right. Here we go. Huh, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, this movie's really fun, really 80s. Pretty funny. I mean, the end is just a bloodbath, a really sweet fight, a stakeout, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> puns, puns. Super big doors cover of stranger, uh, people are strange. And then yeah. that. Thou shalt not fall Song that you hear a thousand times A thousand times Usually over a useless helicopter shot This movie was like We got a helicopter for two days guys What are we going to do with it? Every single shot Let's do the whole movie with helicopter shots There's a lot of douche laughing in this movie Because it's super funny Pretty much only Michael His brother You know the main main characters But like you got the guy who played Bill From Bill and Ted He has like zero lines other than Come on Michael <laughs> Was this before or after Bill and Ted? Oh I don't know That's a good question um, I'm sure there's the answer is really close to my fingertips But but uh, it's so hard to look things up right now. But like the rest of the movie, if you're not saying a line, you're just douche laughing. You're like, <laughs> like really forced, <laughs> crappy laughter. <laughs> you're like, douche okay, okay, I, I get it. You're you're a douche. What what now? But like at the end of the day, for as much as I'm ripping on this movie, it's really fucking fun. Oh, it's super fun. It's and it's it. 
Again, it's actually a very musical movie. Got a Corey Haim in the bathtub singing. I ain't got a man. I ain't got a one. Love it. Yeah, pretty damn good. Um, what is that guy's name from Bill and Ted? Alex Winter. Yeah, wearing a belly shirt again. That guy like never, never wears a full shirt. To be Dude, honest, if I could pull off a belly shirt like that, I'd wear it nonstop too. <laughs> Really? I fault him zero percent. Oh yeah. That that uh that cut off football jersey. You Absolutely. dig that look? Oh, I don't dig it, but I would dig the attention it got me to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lost Boys came first. So I guess he didn't get away with having no lines. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it I think I think if he had if it if it, if if uh Bill and Ted had come first, I think he would have had a bigger splash than this. But <laughs> He'd say Michael a few more times than once. <laughs> it was this movie is a, a really good Kiefer Sutherland movie too. It's like one of I feel like Kiefer Sutherland sometimes pr- plays too much Kiefer Sutherland, but this is just I mean he's badass. He's the Kiefer Sutherland, the creepy Kiefer Sutherland that you want to see. Who I don't know, especially of the day, anybody else that could have played that role and and um, done as good a job. What if he's literally just it's like a secret sequel to Stand by Me? Like he's literally the douche bully from Stand by Me, and then oh, I've always a just. A supposed it was the same universe (laughs) (laughs) i also assumed it's the same universe as jaws for no other reason than they keep showing the sign to the beach town and then there's like spray paint on the back of it that's like murder capital of the world and i'm just like yeah they have the same problem that amity has i've actually always assumed that it's in the same universe as the tv show 24 as well and just like Kiefer Sutherland like cleaned his act up and then got his shit together But he's secretly a vampire. That's why he's so good at doing stuff in 24 hours. Yeah, it's just his 12 hours of that 24 where he's a little bit more productive and could go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hanging from the train. I got to talk about that. What what the fuck? Like, it seems so out of place. Well, they go to this train track and then they hang off this like railing and then the train goes overhead and like rumbles their hands until they fall. And it's like, what is going on here? Is that something people do or did? But like, it feels so weird that it must have a true story behind it. What do you think? I can't believe you'd never done that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's like, I think that's supposed to be kids doing stupid kid shit, you know, like daring each other to go into the supposedly haunted abandoned house or, you know, running down a tunnel where someone has gotten murdered and you're not supposed to be doing it. You know, like kids do shit like that all the time. I never hung from a train track, but I've done stupid shit pretty similar. Yeah. And when you're a kid, you're young, you're invincible. You don't, you don't, there's no, you don't even think that there's a possibility that a train will come and either run your hands over or kill you or hurt you or you'll fall to your death. Yeah, that's true. This movie is also full of like useless male caterwauling is what we'll call it. <laughs> a guy and example. I noticed this, I, I noticed this in the biker movie as well. When I watched Werewolf on Wheels, there was a ton of this. And it's when a group of dudes are going somewhere and you you need to p- portray them as a rowdy bunch. Right. And you don't know how to do that per se because you don't really know how rowdy bunches act because you're a writer and not a tough guy. So <laughs> you basically just have them like make noises where they're like, wahoo is probably the, the most used useless male caterwaul. A, a good wahoo as you stumble into a room and like tussle with each other and like shove each other around and like, ha ha, wahoo, <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, woo, get it, Michael. Like this movie's full of that shit where they're just like kind of horse playing and shoving each other and I'm like I, I don't think I've ever just like walked into a room shoved my friends and yell aimless you never oh you gotta try it man <laughs> you gotta try it <laughs> that's how you know you're tough 
<laughs> I just watched. There's a riff, a movie that they riff tracks that's on Amazon yeah. Prime. I I don't remember what it's called, but it's fucking terrible, and it stars Billy Ray Cyrus, and it is essentially like just the most stupid watered down version of Roadhouse. But it's the same thing, and the guys in Roadhouse do the same thing that you're talking about, where it's like a gang of grown men, not even teenagers, but grown men, and they're always like grab ass and slamming each other, yelling at girls, and like when they go to <laughs> they go to the bar. This is my least favorite thing in that whole fucking trope is when you go to a place and you sit on top of the thing you're supposed to be sitting on. So your butt is on the top of the back of the chair, not on the chair. That's like the most visual way a director could be like, all right, these are uh, these are rowdy characters that you don't want at your place. What would they do? Yeah. What would they do? And an uh, offshoot of the same thing is a teenage teenagers, usually girls, at a party, jumping on the couch. Like they walk in, <laughs> turn the music loud, and just jump on the couch like, woo, no pain. Like, get the fuck off my couch, Bethany. <laughs> right? Well, and then here's the other thing to do. If you're if you're a group of rowdy boys and you walk in and you're sitting on the wrong, you're sitting on the stool backwards or up on the up on the bar, you will guaranteed repeat the first questions that a, that is asked of you in a sarcastic <laughs> manner. <laughs> Followed by douche laughter. Yeah. Like, what'll it be, boys? <laughs> what'll it be, boys? Like, guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. You cannot not repeat the first questions asked of you and then laugh douchily at it. Like, what the fuck is up with that? We need to do the whole... <laughs> let's just change the episode at all. Is it too late to change the top of the episode? Let's just do it all about this. <laughs> What'll it be, boys? <laughs> <laughs> What'll it be? <laughs> Anybody who repeats anything twice in that voice, like, immediate douche. Can't be. Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Like, oh, God, please. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, we could just do a whole episode on, like, portrayals of tough guys written by people who obviously aren't tough <laughs> think of all the movies you've seen a group of people who are supposed to be like a gang and it's like how do they behave and you're like nobody behaves like that like ever yeah. well my favorite is when it's adults like it's one thing if it's teenagers like i've watched teenage movies like lost boys or yeah. stand by me or whatever and i was like i never saw a bully do that but you're like okay kids are stupid and kids can do stupid shit but then you watch like an adult do shit and you're like no adults would do like <laughs> i can't believe an adult would do that <laughs> <laughs> and there's always the one person who starts sneaking behind you and you're like, what are you doing? Get back from behind the bar. What are you doing? Don't get behind me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from what you've been watching. What have you been watching? You said you read something. What have you been reading, Rumi? What's, what's yeah, you, you know, like kind of by accident, um, because, you know, Alex Ross is like this just amazing painter. He's been doing these covers for a Marvel series called The Immortal Hulk. So I was like, uh -huh. you know what? I tried. I had a minute and I was like, let me look it up. And I've been reading. I'm about five or six issues in. Immortal Hulk is actually a pretty good uh, series. It's a pretty interesting series. It's written by a guy named Al Ewing, and uh, it's penciled by Joe Bennett, or Benet, B, I think it's Bennett, but Benet. Boner. Bo yeah, but Joe Boner. <laughs> Joey Bone. And, uh, Joey Bone! <laughs> <laughs> Who's it penciled by? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's inked by uh, Rudy Jose. And uh, I didn't. I opened it with no, no, no knowledge of what it was about, except that they said, like, I read a synopsis that says it takes Hulk back to his horror roots. 
And I was like, okay, all right. Now, if you guys know the original Hulk was gray, some people know that, but a lot of people don't realize the original Hulk didn't change when he was angry, he changed at night. And uh, it was more like a wandering Hulk story. He wasn't an Avenger at first. He wasn't trying to do anything good. He was just this weird creature. So it really was a creature a creature feature at first. But uh, this story- Finally, you're <laughs> telling me your creature feature. <laughs> I've listened to last week's episode if you don't get that. Um, but it's uh, uh, the story starts, I guess, before the story, I haven't read it, Bruce Banner convinces Hawkeye to shoot an arrow into his brain to try to kill him because he doesn't want to be Hulk. He doesn't want to be alive anymore. But it turns out Hulk is unkillable. So if you kill Bruce Banner, the next time the Hulk comes out, Bruce Banner just becomes alive again. So it's kind of like, you know, if you imagine like a werewolf, if you kill the human, if the werewolf is immortal, the next time the full the moon is full, the werewolf will come back out and the human is alive again when he reverts back to human form. So that's what keeps happening in this story. And it's essentially a bunch of one shots. There's a couple common threads that tie the, the issues, at least that I've read together. But uh, Hulk, you know, basically what's happening is Hulk is now tra- uh, transforming by night again. And there, uh, when when it's the Bruce Banner character, he kind of talks about the Hulk like the, the other you in the mirror. So he feels it, you know, taking over, which is not necessarily something that hasn't been done before. But he starts to talk about how, like, he's a scientist. He goes on fact and, and you know, hard evidence. Whereas Hulk is made of intuition. Hulk is feelings. And he starts to, like, know when shit is not right. And he'll travel to a town where some bullshit has been going down. Bruce Banner will. And then at night, the Hulk, like, Bruce Banner will try to get some answers during the day. You know, like, okay, there's a bunch of disappearances or there's been a rash of killings. Where is it? Who is it? He'll start to study the evidence. Then at night, the Hulk comes out and takes over and starts to lay shit down. He's not, like, a murderous rampage Hulk, which is kind of what I was hoping for. But he's, like, I think he takes down, like, a biker gang that's forced some kid in, you know, by kidnapping some guy's kid brother, forced him into some murder or something. And he goes ape shit on him. And you think he kills them all and you find out later he didn't kill them, but they are fucked up. So it's like a pretty cool idea, and it's at least a story that I haven't really heard before. It's not the most original story, the most original Hulk story, but it it, at least is scratching the itch of kind of how I want the Hulk to be, you know? But here's the thing that's really interesting. Like, I like the idea that you have the the duality of, say, a Batman comic, where, like, during the day you go and do some investigating in your human form, but at night you get to be the alter ego, but this time you don't have control over it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Like, what if, you know, during the day, uh, Bruce Wayne can like figure out some shit, get get the information, but then he has no control over what Batman's doing. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and the, the Hulk is not the most brain. It's definitely not brainless. He's thinking. He talks. He says things. Um, he's not as smart as Banner, clearly, but he's not stupid. He's not a Hulk smash type of creature. Um, he's fought so a he's, couple. He's of where more I just am, brutish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like a brute. I was thinking to say, like, it's very Jekyll and Hyde, obviously, but uh, it's pretty good. I really like. It. And I got to say, I think I've read the afterword of one of the first few issues that was written by the writer, Al Ewing, and he says one of the first issues of comics he read and one of the first Marvel books he read was the original Hulk. And he loved that it was a horror title and it felt like a creature feature. And I'll, I'll give it to him. This feels like a creature book. It feels like a horror story, not necessarily. I mean, even though it's not really horror, horror by like your... 
I know by your definitions, and probably not by my definitions, is it straight up horror, but it's more horror than superhero, for sure. It's more horror than like, uh, you know, the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk TV show where he was more persecuted and followed and was trying to stay out of the limelight. He's like, fuck it, everyone knows I'm still alive, or they're starting to know. I'm going to use this in a way that makes sense. So it's pretty cool. Every once in a while, uh, Bruce Banner will get killed, but then at night, the Hulk reemerges and, you know, fucks shit up and, and figures out who did it. And then in the morning, Bruce Banner's alive again. Pretty cool. It's interesting. So check it out. That is really cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, I like that concept. And I've never never found a Hulk story that really spoke to me. I've seen some fun ones, but it, it, it would be interesting to see him treated more like a monster. Because like the Bill Bixby thing, like you mentioned, the TV series from back in the day was kind of like a Frankenstein story. Like he's yeah, he's, yeah. he has to run. He's on the road all the time because he has to run because everywhere he goes, people are like, fuck you, green dude. We hate you. Bleh. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, green dick. <laughs> no, green dude. Oh, I thought you said, fuck you, green dick. <laughs> What's on your mind, Remy? <laughs> You're like, and the way Alex Ross draws it is sexy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would draw a Hulk dick pretty good, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you I, mentioned I agree with something. What you said though, I can't. You know, I I read a lot of comics, and I'm definitely a Marvel yeah. guy. I don't know too many great Hulk stories. There's a uh, Peter David who wrote one of my favorite Spider-Man stories with uh, the Sin Eater. He's written a great run of Hulk stories, and they're great, but they're not really what I want Hulk to be. I think the best Hulk that I have ever read was in the original original Mark Miller um, uh, Ultimates, where Hulk like kills 300 people in New York City, just rampaging. He's eating people. You don't necessarily see all that, but he truly is a monster and he's uncontrollable and it takes the whole rest of the Ultimates to take him down. Then later on, it's very similar plot to the original um, Avengers film. Later on, when the aliens invade and start taking shit over, the Avengers have their hands full and they just release the Hulk at the aliens. And I thought that was fucking awesome. It's really definitely a Mark Miller take on it, but uh, it's one of the coolest Hulk stories because I never really bought, just like, you know, when you see Punisher, Punisher in the old days a lot of times took prisoners or like, you know, grab the little fish to get the bigger fish up the chain, but let the little fish go. It was like, no, 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 there, there's no mercy. There shouldn't be any mercy. The Hulk would like knock a building down, but nobody would be in it. Or he'd break some car, yeah. but the people got out in time. It's like, there's no way that could happen every time. He's have to have some casualties. And, you know, Take imagine the Incredible Hulk loose in New York City. What would that be like? At fucking five o'clock in the morning, what would be that be like? He'd still kill a bunch of people, you know? Can you imagine, though, all the times we've seen the Hulk? And if, you know, you'd have to retcon a shit ton because can you imagine me like oh that guy who smashed my brother in a car on a rampage you let him join the avengers the fuck dude yeah like <laughs> 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 like like that guy should be put down not not promoted what the fuck like I, it's one of those stories that I is hard for me to see joining the Avengers and the reason he was part of the Avengers in the first place the original Avengers was made because they're like well these five titles are kind of sucking and not selling well so let's put them all together so that people get a taste of some shit and we'll tie them into some better books and then people will buy those comics as well and it worked but like same thing with Batman like I hate it when Batman is part of the Justice League because Batman should be alone the Hulk part of the like I get it that Bruce Banner is and it's interesting when it's Bruce Banner who sometimes becomes the Hulk but I don't like it when the Hulk is part of the Avengers because he shouldn't be controllable I like right. it when you when when there is a story where it's like Bruce Banner is, is part of the Avengers but like guys if I turn into the Hulk it's bad news and you're gonna have to like take care of that shit yeah if you never read the the Ultimates I think it's a it's at least 12 if not 13 issue series if you guys and Rumi if you haven't read the Ultimates it's well worth checking out for a number of reasons including including that it brings
brings the Avengers into the 21st century and makes sense. And uh, it's 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 really good art by Brian Hitch. It's beautiful. It's got some really memorable lines. Um, but I their treatment of the Hulk make it literally is the it's the best part of the book. And there's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's the best Hulk I've ever seen. Nice. So you said something, and you said it last week too. Um, what I would consider a horror movie, and you said this about the movie Aliens that you're like I don't know if I necessarily you said this I don't know if I necessarily consider it a horror movie maybe more of a thriller and we have to talk about that room yeah no wait where did I say that when we were doing our 12 nights of Halloween last okay, episode okay. you, that was you the mentioned episode? the movie Alien okay. and you said I don't know if I would necessarily consider that a horror maybe more of a thriller or something like that <laughs> do you stand by that statement or no, just no, for I, argument I think that's me trying to combine a paragraph worth of sentences into one sentence what I mean is it is the best or at least top two three best suspense movies that I could come up with and in sure. my blockbuster it would be in a suspense section before it was in a horror section no eat balls <laughs> <laughs> eat balls your blockbuster will suck and everyone will be like where's aliens where's aliens <laughs> no Yes, it is on par with any good Hitchcock movie as as far as that goes, but you have one of the greatest monsters ever made. I could see it being in sci-fi and not in horror because it is purely science fiction. Right. Yeah. But if my sci-fi horror was in, in the same row, I, I think it's gothic horror. It's it's a monster. He's coming to get you and you're trapped in the house with him. See, I wouldn't I'm not debating that, but I think if an alien <laughs> if an alien came down from space and was like, I need to see a human suspense movie. That would be the first one that I thought of. Not, not that it's not, not horror. What? Not psycho? No. So, so I guess because okay, we, we should do an episode that's just video store where we give each other movies and where <laughs> <laughs> okay, video story. I like that. Are we trying to stump each other in it? No, 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 no. It's, it it causes arguments because like here's one. Don't don't get into it. I'm just gonna throw this out here. What okay. section do you put Shaun of the Dead in? Simon Pegg. <laughs> the Simon, Simon Pegg section. Pegg. That's how you break it up. You're like here's his. He gets his own section. No, but some people are like it's in the comedy section. And I'm like there's a disembowelment in it that 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 negates comedy. It has zombies in it, and it's like there are funny <laughs> movies, but like are you gonna put are you gonna put Evil Dead two in the comedy section? Wait, we're gonna do our own episode about video this is good that's a good idea about- dude let's do that as a, as an episode but no i i don't think it's not horror i don't think it's not gothic horror i'm not saying i'm not saying i i would debate that but i think if you told me if you gave me a bunch of categories and a bunch of movies and it was yeah. a one-to-one ratio i would absolutely hands down put that in suspense maybe not thriller but suspense before i put it in horror okay oh man we have to do this episode soon because i have so many things to say about that Rumi is like literally getting up and walking around in a circle like like a dog like when it like when it when there's when there's about <laughs> to be a forest fire he's like the animals in the forest <laughs> i'm pacing i'm pacing yeah look can you imagine? Oh my God! If you and I had a video store, the customers would come in and just be you and me wrestling on the floor, fighting, and we'd like get <laughs> up and be like, say, oh. "It would be the best slash worst job because there'd be days where we just were like best friends and had the greatest times nerding out, and there'd be other times where there'd be fist fights about whatever we were talking and arguing yeah, about. Yeah, because you'd like, be like, "Just leave the be- money on the counter. I gotta pin this asshole." <laughs> you'd you would you'd be walking down the the the, the horror aisle and you'd be like, "Roomy." I'd be like, what? And you're like, pick up Alien. You're like, what is this doing here? I thought I told you. It goes in the thriller section. Why I'd be did like, you put no this back way, here? Dude. <laughs> 
we're gonna do the episode where it's it's Matt and Aaron have a, have a have a video store. <laughs> okay. That's fucking amazing, dude. All right. Next week, guys, we are doing it. We are committing. We are doing the video store episode. Send us your ideas. What movie is like has an ambiguous, an aggravating, ambiguous location in a video store? Like you're like, I think it's this category, but everybody else tells me it's that category, and we're gonna fight about it. We're gonna figure it out. Like, where does Silence of the Lambs go? Is that horror? Is that thriller? Is it suspense? Is it a romance? Who knows? We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna fight about it. It's gonna be great. Guys, coming up early next month we have an incredible project that we've been working on and teasing forever and we've we always do this really got something great coming up we got something great coming up I, i sent matt out on a little homework mission he's been trying to get this going for months and he made it happen he got one of our biggest interviews to date i kid you not he's been in some of our favorite movies he's portrayed some of our favorite characters we did an incredible art project tied with it where we created some of our favorite images with the rocketeers and this interview subject i cannot wait to share it with you i cannot wait for you to hear the interview that matt does it's incredible matt do we need to say anything else about this or are we just going to let him we'll, we'll tease it a little bit more it's and i gotta say it's definitely something we're proud of and this is something that borderlines bucket list for me not just talking with this person but some of the stuff that we got to talk about some of the stuff that we got to do together uh roomy roomy in true roomy fashion fucking killed the the work that needed to be done he's singing my praises for getting this person on the show but i gotta sing roomy and a couple other people who we'll talk about later's praises for making this shit come together. It's really cool. I know you guys are going to love it. Um, and we're, we're very excited and very proud to bring it to you. So keep it tuned yeah. in November before Turkey Day, but after Halloween. So between candy and turkey, we'll uh, fill your bellies with a bunch of nerd shit. Yeah, dude. All right, guys. Keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod on our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Don't forget, tell us what videos you think have sort of weird placements in a video store. Keep your ears open for this incredible interview we got coming up. Have a great Halloween coming up. Tell us what you're going to be for Halloween. Send us some pictures of your costume. Rumi, let's blast this thing off. <laughs> We're the Rocketeers, and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.